Hey everybody, we're back with this. Might be the first time we've ever done this a, um, a retake or a retrospective review of something that we previously reviewed and want to talk about again. Mm-hmm. Are you aware of any time we've done this before? No, I can't think of any. And people might like, oh, well, the subject matter you're choosing isn't worthy of the rewatch or, or the, the, the repeat <laughs> of visit, and to which I say, it's, it's my podcast. Fuck off. Uh, I'm, I want to talk about Star Wars The Last Jedi. And one of the reasons. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about it is because I don't like not liking Star Wars. Like okay. I've loved Star my <laughs> er, my earliest life memories. I was born in the summer of '76. My earliest life memories are loving Star Wars and my formative experiences as a child and as a teenager, as an early adult, were talking with my friends and and family about Star Wars and collecting Star Wars stuff and playing Star Wars games and. You know, the prequels were kind of like my first break with that was that actually was like I felt like I went through a divorce and I had to choose between, you know, Daddy Lucas and Mother Rationality <laughs> and quality and taste. And I and I went with mom uh, and it was it's in and, and, and when Disney took over from Lucas, I felt like freshly energized and the Force Awakens came out. And I'm like, it's it's not a perfect Star Wars, but it's the first thing that felt like Star Wars in a long time. Mm. And I even liked, you know, my, you know, you, I know you disagree with me, Jim, but I, I thought Rogue One was a good Star Wars film, and I got to The Last Jedi, which I was so pumped for, and just everything fell off. And I want to talk about that and see uh, if, if I can kind of, you know, stop worrying and love the Star Wars. <laughs> uh, I went to see it again by myself on Tuesday morning. I dropped my kid off at school. I bought myself a ticket at the ten thirty. AM show at the local Cineplex. I sat down with about seven other people and I watched Star Wars. And the two weeks since I'd talked about it, I had read like all the forum threads. I'd read all the Reddit. I'd read, I'd seen a bunch of videos. I saw Red Letter Media's Half in a Bag. I listened to Kevin Smith's Fat Man on Batman on it. Um, I listened to Adam Savage and his compatriots on, is that test? Yeah, tested. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to get as many viewpoints as I possibly could and try to see because what I, I what I got was it seemed like the people that really like it not only liked it, but they were angry with the people that didn't like it. Hmm. And I saw okay. that a lot in R slash Star Wars. It's like a civil war that the pro Star Wars fans, as you might expect, quickly won. And anyone that had any kind of uh, problem with the film were treated as pariahs. Sure. And it's, it's a tough environment to operate in. Um, so... I, when I watched the movie the second time, I liked it a lot more hmm. because I guess I I lost my expectations and I put into perspective some of the things that I viscerally didn't like. But I still I'm left with a lot of worry and doubt that I didn't have before, and that's kind of what I want to talk about. Okay. Um, do you want to start with like big picture stuff or small stuff? I mean, I haven't seen it again, so right. I have literally nothing else. And I haven't gone I've, gone I, and done, like, all of the exhaustive, oh, I'm going to listen to everybody's review on the planet of it. So. No, and I, I realize I've literally held a gun to your head and forced you to do this podcast because I have no one else to, to talk with about I, this. I'm here to be your audience. Okay. I, I'm okay with that. Well, no, I, I, want, I, want you to, I want you to challenge, okay. and, like, I don't want you to be like, oh, well, yeah, I see your point. Like, I'm more looking, <laughs> you're like, you're, you're, you're overreacting. Um mm. Okay, so I'll start with the big picture stuff. Nope, you're overreacting. Sorry. Can't can't let you go on. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll talk about how much <laughs> Princess Leia pulling herself back into the Starship of the Fort. No. Um, a lot of this film 
And this the first one I heard talk about this is Kevin Smith, even though he loved the film. I guess that's the other thing. It's like, here's how much I'm in the bag for Star Wars. Every time in my adult life, so it was I started in 97 when they re-released the, the old trilogy. Yeah, the special edition. Like, when the Lucasfilm logo comes up and the, the anthem begins and the crawl begins, I fucking tear up. And it wasn't just, like, when I saw it with my kid for the first time in a theater, because that was, like, a mega fucking blubbery moment. <laughs> uh-huh. But, like... I get I get I get a lump in my throat and tears in my eyes and I can't fully explain that. I don't understand. I don't understand nostalgia, Aaron. I, I know d- you claim to be completely non-nostalgic. You might be right. I'm so but not that's nostalgia. I'm, it's so funny because someone on a lunch thread today I, I I perused it said that we wear our nostalgia on our sleeves uh, and I'm like, do I? Do I? Um, huh. I, for Star I think, Wars, certainly. I think definitely I do. And yeah, for Star Wars, I would say you do. And uh, so when when the thing started up, I got that same and uh, lump in my throat. Um, and and Kevin Smith was talking about that too. Like he was like he fucking cried six times for his film, which maybe that's a little bit much. But really, really, I'm the I'm I'm the uh, I don't know. I, I feel like I can't fan shame a guy for doing that. Uh, hmm. But he said that a lot of the film felt like a fuck you to J.J. Abrams. Um, and that's, I think, the core of my problem. And he does not like Ryan Johnson had it in for J.J. Abrams, but it's more like Ryan Johnson had this framework of a film series handed to him. And he's like, well, this is fucking stupid. Woink! And insert my, you know, I reject reality and substitute my own. Which um, is the prerogative of the director of the next episode of your series. But it's risky. Now, I'm not... Sure. Yeah. I have not thought a lot about the force awakens like i know there's a lot of people that got into like who snoke could be could he be fucking mace windu could he be darth plagius the wise could he be and i never really invested in that because i'm like okay well you know he might be somebody he might not the emperor until the prequels came out was just an evil dude in a robe like uh, to me that felt like star wars Mm -hmm. it doesn't break the universe that's another theme i want to keep coming back to breaking the universe um but I do think that when you have a force vision where Ray goes through the Bespin and sees the sword of Skywalker and has all these crazy visions portending to Darth Vader and a shadowy lineage, uh, and she's from a dead like I don't know what they what J.J. Abrams and famously it seems like J.J. and the producers really didn't have any idea themselves. They're like these are some cool mystery boxes and won't it be fun to see what people do with them. Ryan Johnson just said fuck all that. I don't care. And that's fine too. I'm not saying he can't do that but if if you take the world building the first filmmaker does and then you just flip the table over and 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 lay your own f- framework and then JJ takes over the third one like what happens if JJ's like well I don't give a fuck about your failure thesis here and I'm going to like it's yeah. it's going to feel widely wildly <laughs> tonally inconsistent I mean I think there are ways to reconcile that I'm I I do but I'm I, nervous because I don't sure. have any guarantee that sure. now there's going to be any any continuity yeah, I mean, this is the problem with star making new Star Wars movies is the stakes are so high. Um, it's something that we're probably going to have reflected in the Baldies a little bit, but like right. trying, trying to make sequels to some of the, I, I don't even know if I have to qualify it. Maybe the most popular movies of all time yeah. is risky business because yeah. um, you're, you're bound to satisfy some people uh, no matter what you do. But yeah, I, I think you're right, and that's kind of like the thing I think I was getting at was like, this idea, 
Because because if you remember in the Star Wars Last Jedi review initially, I said there's no fucking way they don't come back and say, nope, nope, Ray's parents were actually someone super important. And, right. and it was all just a big ploy by Kylo to like, or Kylo doesn't know and Kylo said they're nobodies because, I don't know, he, he hates all authority figures. Right. Um, some reason they're gonna they're gonna come back and say Rin, uh, not Kylo Ren, sorry, um, Ray, her parents are somebody, right? Because that's just a more satisfying arc, right? Like, I mean, it's just for her character. I, I, I think you, I just think you have to commit to one. You can't like I think it's it sure, would, yeah, it's, it's tough to do the rope dope um, twice. And I think it would be stupid for like her to be Ben Kenobi's daughter, or honestly, sure. frankly, Luke Skywalker's daughter, or some uh-huh. stupid shit like that, but. You know, and 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 I like the idea that you know, in the middle of a Skywalker saga, uh, a, a true nobody, a, mm-hmm. an actual Luke Skywalker, before you realize that he was like the son of the most powerful Jedi slash Sith in the galaxy. Um, I, I think that's a cool idea, but you're right. Like, it, you know, the other thing is like, it's this fear of this world breaking stuff. Is the same thing I had in the Matrix. I saw the Matrix. Mm. They created this yeah. awesome world. And then in the second one, they doubled down with these big concepts and big ideas. And some people saw the cracks forming in the second one. I'm like, no, no, they're going to pay this off in the third one. Third one comes out. And, and I've, I, I, I don't know if we've gotten to do a bald movie on this yet, but I hope we do because my thoughts have matured and changed and I, I kind of respect what the Wachowskis were doing, hmm. but I think they ultimately failed in getting across the points they were trying to make. Or maybe there's other compelling that they like lost the courage of their convictions or maybe were forced by all the money that the studio is thrown out to, by the hedged their bets. But yeah, it, it felt like a muddled mess. Like it didn't build to anything. It's like a souffle that deflated. And I'm kind of worrying about that with star Wars because you know, I, every time I watch The Force Awakens, I've seen it about five times. Um, I always like look. I always look through those visions that 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 Ray was having, and I'm like, what could they mean? And like, I thought about it, and mm-hmm. like, you know, it gave thought about the mystery of Darth Plagueis the Wise, and like, could that fit in? Like, I don't know, maybe not. And 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 talked, and I thought about the themes deeply, and I think that's what it re- like. That kind of fan engagement is what you want, but when the next movie just says when Luke Skywalker literally takes the the call to 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 uh, adventure and fucking throws it over his shoulder, uh-huh. like that tells you that like all that shit, all that investment that you made, we're not we're, the makers of this are not nearly that invested, and we can sweep it aside at any time, and not even for necessarily any reason other than we just wanted to do something different. And I'm, I'm worried about that because, like, again, huh. like, you know, there's I, I, as I as watched the second time and I was absorbed watching, you know, Ray in this dark cave and she's snapping her fingers. And I'm like, what could this mean? Does this mean that, you know, it's like with with the knowledge that she's nobody, does this mean that, like, she's the result of all of her some actions? Is this a destiny thing? No matter what she does, that it all leads to this point. Is it? And then like. But and then I, I in, in, in the second time I'm watching it and halfway through this analysis I'm going through at this time I'm like first time I'm like shut up critic the second time I'm like critic step up and my critic is like you know what fuck this because you can write a thirty thousand word essay on what this fucking vision means and J J Abrams could go back and like yeah I just want to make it a fun popcorn flick and it doesn't matter right and that. I don't know, man. That that worries me because the stuff that I really retain passionate fandom about are stuff that rewards that kind of introspection and or it's just brainless. Like I've got fond memories of brainless stuff too, but it's the stuff that sure. kind of 
Yeah. You know, when I think of things that try to straddle those, The Walking Dead, The Matrix, the stuff that like it, it's a it's littered with a bunch of corpses of shit that's fallen on its face. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's it's interesting to talk about Star Wars as as an adult because I think for me, like Star Wars is more a thing of my past at this point. Like it, it I will always have the nostalgia and I will always see the new movies because I have this affinity from when I was a kid. But Star Wars doesn't really get me going anymore the same way it did when I was, you know, 17. And I was standing in line to see uh, episode one for the 16th time, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, I think, is a is a bygone era for me. So when I'm, like, mildly disappointed by something that Star Wars does, I guess I don't take it too personally. Hmm. <laughs> Even though... Because I don't view myself as invested in, like, the new Star Wars stuff. I view myself as having loved the old Star Wars stuff. Maybe it's because I have a kid that's a Star Wars maniac yeah, where, like, I've, I've reinvested. You want him to, to understand how you felt about it? Well, and the thing is, like, I don't think it affects him because, like, he doesn't. He thinks The Last Jedi is super fucking cool. Like, I've never, okay. I've not even yeah. talked to him about my doubts and feelings because, like, why would I, you know, why would I take my 41-year-old concerns into an 11-year-old's? love fest sure like what kind of fucking monster uh would i be but it's 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 that kind of stuff because you know again um ryan johnson has been handed the keys to another star wars trilogy and i guess i'm pissed that he didn't de- he didn't decide to do a better job of telling the story he was given rather than doing his own direction knowing that he was going to be doing a tri- like Again, you can Star Wars is big enough to tell farcical stories. Star Wars is big enough to tell tragedy. I think it's going to be cool when we see the first like Star Wars horror theme movie to come out. Like it's big enough to do that, but like those are like like the Rogue One is a Star Wars story. I I thought that episodes 1 through 9 were going to be the fucking Skywalker saga. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case and if you got your yeah. own trilogy where you could take the ball and do whatever the hell you want with it it seems a bit selfish to wreck the other guys plot lines and intentions and hmm. the, the other thing that bugs me is that the stuff in this movie that's good is really good like i paid a lot more attention to the artistry and how beautiful it is like adam savage hmm. said that it's the most beautiful and cinematic star wars of all time I don't know. Like, have you seen the carbon freezing chamber? Have you seen in, Luke in looking off Empire? to those two have twin you seen sons? Him look, yeah, have you seen the Battle of Hall? Come like, on. It's, that's, to me, <laughs> that's like fucking recency bias, you know? Yeah. I, you, you just walked out of something, had a stream reaction, now it's the best fucking thing ever. But, you know, how, hell, how can I say Adam Savage wrong? He actually wrangled R2-D2. He constructed Star mm-hmm. Wars sets. Like, I mean... Biased. Yeah, well, right. Uh, yeah, that, that's interesting because I think it's an amazing looking film. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, the thing that most stands out to me is probably that that planet with the red soil under the white salt yeah. or whatever it is. The mineral planet. Uh, yeah, that looks fucking amazing. And it was awesome a way to get like a very bloody imagery into a PG space opera. Sure. Yeah. Like you know, their their footprints are bloody, and they're uh, yeah. the, the same thing with the blood red th- throne room with the crimson ninja samurai warriors, and mm-hmm. that stuff was like what what was was pretty super cool. Um, and it it I think you know, Ryan Johnson is kind of like that kind of visionary filmmaker. Yeah, uh, I just in, in other like Pat um, uh, 
fucking uh, Phasma, Captain Phasma, Gwen, poor Gwendolyn Christie. <laughs> I almost don't want to accept that she's dead, even though I saw her fall into a bottomless depth full of fire. Yeah. Because I thought there's no way Star Wars would do another Boba Fett. Because as much as we like Boba Fett, it's kind of a mm-hmm. trope to think about what a fundamentally silly and uninteresting character he is. He's essentially a really cool set of armor with two or three badass lines that has one of the the stupidest ways to go of all science fiction fantasy fandom of all time. Yep. And then they did the same thing with fucking Darth Maul. Sure. Okay. And they did the same thing with Jango Fett. Mm-hmm. And like I thought, like Phasma is like surely they're not going to just have an action figure type of thing that looks cool and then ultimately is a paper tiger, but they did. And yeah. also, the more you think about it, the more stupid this shit gets. Like you've got, I, I noticed the second time I was watching it that the this executioner stormtroopers had special armor. They had like a black stripe going over their right eyes and they had black armbands. Like they're a dedicated unit of executioner stormtroopers. Hmm. Okay. Are they just ready at all? Like, like, like the, 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 the situation was preposterous. Like you just uncovered this plot maybe an hour ago hmm. and you've organized a reception party. So Fazzo can be there to welcome FN 386 SX 2033 uh, back into the fold and you've got your ceremonial executioner stormtroopers. I mean, like, what is the point of having, like, a ceremonial execution hood if you're all faceless masked dudes anyway? <laughs> like, I don't know. It just it, 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 it felt very hmm. artificial. And then you fucking kill off Phasma. Uh, I, don't, I don't know, man. I felt like that should have been a big moment for Finn. And in this movie, Finn felt like he was just fucking around the whole time. He was learning some lessons, I think. Well, so that um, that's the but, biggest but yeah. defense of well, Finn's plot wasn't Finn and Rose's plot wasn't stupid because the whole thesis of the film was failure. Sure, and the heroes had to fail at multiple levels of multiple times to completely realize that theory, that 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 uh, thesis. And I'm like, do they? I, I mean, I th- I think. <laughs> I think yes. I think the answer is yes. Like so you have to fail to realize to realize your mistakes. Yeah, yeah because it, it's you know the old adage. I don't know how old it is, but it's an adage certainly um, that failure is is really the only thing you learn from. Like you don't learn anything from success, right? That's true. You only learn from failure. So like Finn succeeding over and over again wouldn't have taught him what the rebellion or what the the final holdouts of the rebellion are really all about. He would have just continued to have success as a rebel and been mm-hmm. like, yep, we're on the right track. We just need to keep pressing the empire. Mm-hmm. And that's part of it. But what it's really about is inspiring future generations to to rise up against the powers that are holding them down, hmm. essentially. I mean, I, that, it was just uh, the second time watching all that Canto Bite stuff was just interminable. Hmm. Like knowing how little payoff and how none of it really matters and this is just an excuse to keep I, yeah that's the thing like i think there was better there there was better ways to teach that lesson or maybe more like like because that's the other thing is like people i, I when perform, proponents of the film say well it was all a thesis on failure so anything anytime a person failed then that's a valid storytelling technique that's fine, but like if if uh, Finn had just like tripped over a bulkhead and bumped his head, like mm-hmm. he failed at walking, was that good enough? <laughs> right. Like that's I why just, they put that in the original Star Wars, right? 
Yeah, yeah, right. Right. That's right. That was door. part of his failure. Yeah. He needed to he learn. He learned a lesson that day. Right. Um, I just feel like that the, the the overwhelming sense I got of watching this a second time was, oh my god, a full third of this movie is not interesting and engaging at all. And also, um, I hope I've earned a reputation that I'm not going to be accused of being a racist. I hate the character of Rose. Hmm. I don't like okay. Rose. I don't like her portrayal. I don't like the weird forced idol worship, hero worship turned into maybe romantic interest or maybe it's platonic or maybe it's just learned to love. I, 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 I don't like her, uh, you know, the, the kind of ham fisted weird morality that the show that, that start like the star Wars, the movie itself feels like it doesn't have an opinion on what, um, uh, shit, uh, Benicio del Toro said about, you know, arms dealers uh-huh. selling to both the rebels and the empire. Yeah. They leave that, surprisingly just kind of up in the air just yeah like here's I, a thing to ponder about the world right and it's it's like it's one of those things where nothing about the rest of the film like like i feel like ryan johnson wanted to say something profound about geopolitics right. and the the things today and like I, and, and obviously you know when rose says you know i'm not you don't fight we're not going to win by fighting the thing we hate we're going to do it by saving the things we love mm-hmm. i think it's a great message i think that's a great message that's that's great for a lot of generations but particularly in, in the the one we're we're living through now, I think it's a great message, but it just felt, I don't know, like like I I, I wish the Canto bite stuff were better, so when those things all landed, it felt more organic. Yeah, I, I think you're allowed to hate a character regardless of the race if you just don't okay. like the Because I know a lot of people. There's a whole cor- undercurrent internet that's just pissed off that we got a black lead stormtrooper oh, right, handsome right. man well they've been pissed off about that for flirty with years. the years that's what i'm saying like i i don't want to be lumped in with those fucking sure. assholes <laughs> right. i just have storytelling and and thematic and you know like I, I don't even hate rose i wish i wish rose was giving better dialogue and and, and more interesting things to do yeah so uh, to, to go back to like the stuff you were talking about with the you know the detour to the planet that if, it, basically goes nowhere you know they they fail right. in all their missions they don't they they, they inspired they, the broomstick kid that right, is broomstick kid. <laughs> sure um, and, and again i don't know that that coda at the end is worth it either but, de- but definitely yeah. not but I, I think people are so when i watched it the first time i had no problem with that scene and i actually kind of enjoyed those scenes really uh, a significant amount but when you go back and you think okay from a rewatchability standpoint when I'm when I'm watching this, how is this going to feel the second time? I, I can understand why you would say, "Man, this just is not necessary," and is probably the worst part of the movie because you know that it's going to fail. You know that it's all fruitless, and you've got to sit through it anyway. And the comedy and, stuff, and I can it... see why people are in retrospect saying this is bad. It, sitting in the theater, I thought it was good. Yeah. And it all compounds because, like, the frustration I feel at the scene is, like, now the comedy, like, like this this drunk alien grabbing BB-8 and shoving him full of gold coins is groaning because I know it's going to lead to him machine gunning gold coins and befuddling these fucking local, I don't know, casino goons. And then he's going to, like, yeah. there's also BB-8 went a little too prequel R2-D2 in this thing. <laughs> Like he pops some rockets out of his boots and I mean, start flying he, he around. Fucking possesses an ATS. I mean, there's just I don't know. Like, and again, this is I don't I, know I, why C three PO can't fly. That's what I want to know. 
Well, he's a protocol droid. You're, you're building fucking droids. That you, they should all have rocket boots. If one droid can have rocket boots, all of them should. I mean, look at cell phones, right? Yeah. They, have, they don't specialize. No. When someone adds RFID, they all have to have RFID. Yeah, next generation, so, everybody gets it. Right. Like, you know, yeah, she's a protocol droid, but what if you want him to fly? Yeah. What I if mean, he needs to fly? Yeah. What if he's about to drop into a bucket of molten right. lava? What if, what if you fall off a cliff beside <laughs> your protocol droid? Wouldn't you like the protocol droid to be able to go and save you? We have the technology. Yeah. Droids yeah, can do that. But, obviously. Yeah. Sorry, I derailed you. No, I just, um, I don't know. Some of the stuff was cool. Like, I, like Adam Savage informed me that there's an old black and white casino film that Ryan John, that, that initial, like, pan over all the tables uh, of all the different intergalactic casino stuff was, like, a shot-for-shot shot remake of that. Like, that was one of the first, huh. like, one long tracking tape. Like, and that was, like, a big deal back in the 20s. And Ryan sure. Johnson is this famous, you know, film historian kind of nerd and, like, mm-hmm. giving homage to that. But I don't know. Also, when I called it Space Monaco, it literally really is Space Monaco. Mm-hmm. Like, most Eisley was a science fiction take on a rough and tumble border yeah, wild west a di- yeah, yeah like like an old west dive bar but it didn't mm-hmm. look like it didn't have double swinging doors and the, the bartender wasn't slinging bourbon and they weren't like it did feel a little too close to something i could actually go to in real life i mean there's yeah. there's fucking craps they're uh-huh. they're playing fucking alien craps yep they are doing alien roulette tables like uh, where's the hollow? Like I, I wanted to see some some big stakes hollow chess, or I want to yeah. see someone playing Sabak, or uh-huh. like all that. But but it was it was literally Space Monaco, and I didn't really care for that either. Because I said like again, this as part of this is I, I've said it a bunch of times is like once you lose your suspension of disbelief, or once you check out on something, like you just start nitpicking, and I feel like that's what I'm doing, and it's kind of uh, uninteresting. Um, the other thing I want to talk about, and I still like. The scene of uh, Admiral Hodo, Hodo, is that her name? Holder, Hodo, Hodo. Purple hair. Purple hair. Okay. Yep. Uh, her ramming the the capital ship with her going the the, the light speed. Um, mm-hmm. It is beautiful, and it's an awesome moment when I was prepared for it. But I still think in universe it's fucking stupid, and it breaks the universe because sure. Every other fleet battle we see in any fucking Star Wars film from this point on. If it's dire straits, mm-hmm. why don't they ram it? Why don't they ram it? They right. now know that it's a viable tactic. Why don't they ram it? If there's no known defense to the fucking Picard maneuver, why doesn't every Starfleet battle open with the start the Picard maneuver? <laughs> yeah, that battle would just become the Picard maneuver. Like you have to time. like like we talk about nukes being the trump the trump card. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> the trump card in in today's geopolitics. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not Aaron wondering why aren't nukes used all the time? They're best thing ever. Like we <laughs> right. have this careful, real world explanation for why uh-huh. you don't do this. And like unless Star Wars can come up with that, then that's just it's not just a plot hole. It's a plot hole that's going to that's, that's introducing plot holes in every other fucking space battle in the future. No, it's like if if the military sent all their soldiers into battle with guns, right? And everybody used them like swords, right? Up until. Somebody said, hey, what's this trigger thing? Pulled it and shot somebody. Now nobody's using it as a sword anymore. Everybody's Seriously. using it as a gun. Right. And so it, it's kind of like, I don't know when humans invented boats. Also, why wouldn't you have ships that were designated specifically to do this with right. unmanned crafts? You know, right. like I, Right. And that's like say, like, this is why it's not a plot hole. It's stupid because I don't know when humans invented boats. Mm-hmm. I certainly don't know when the first time they were used in military action. But I guarantee the first time a boat rammed another boat was five minutes after the first battle started. Yeah. 
Like it's when just the a, first person realized, oh shit, we're losing. Let's do this. It's the most obvious idea in yeah. the world, and the fact that this is a galaxy who's had hyperdrive for ten thousand years. Yeah, it would be much better if. <laughs> well, I was gonna say she tried to do it and it just didn't work because it went phased right through it or something. But or but if then it, you lose it, the concept of calculating hyperspace. Or right? if, if you here's just... here's a mind blowing thing that would have really like shut my shut my gap up. What if Finn and Rose, while they're on board the dreadnought, realize that they're are not going to be able to pull off this tracking plan mm-hmm. and work with uh, Holdo to disable the shields long enough for her to ram it in? Sure. And then yeah. Finn and Rose. Well, they didn't want to have to fucking die because it's not like the thing blew up. But it would be a sad. I, I just felt like the fact that no one in the process said that not only is this like, look, Ryan, if you want to do this scene, there's ways to do it. But like the way you're doing it now is retroactively making ev- like every. I mean, shit. Uh, someone should have told the fucking Akbar that all he had to do when when he yeah. showed up at the Death Star too was just. Ram the fleet to hyperspace and would slice that thing like an orange. Right. Greatest minds in it's the fucking. Ra- yeah. Well, I guess it's time for hyperspeed. <laughs> right. No, I mean it's just that's. I don't think that's a nitpick, and that's not a plot hole. That's just something that every fucking future Star Wars movie is going to look stupid. Yeah. Um, and every past one looks it. stupid for yeah. not having done it. You know, yeah. I, like it, it's interesting to me because the the EU that no longer exists, um, the extended yes. universe of Star Wars, has done really interesting things with these kinds of concepts. Hyperdrive interdictors. And... Right, and sun crushers yes. and like shit like that where you just kind of layer a little bit extra sci-fi onto Star Wars, onto the mythos, and you can do some really cool, interesting stuff. And the right. movies don't seem to have done any of that. And in a two-and-a-half-hour movie, the excuse, well, they didn't have time to just do all the setup. Like, the, no, no, yeah. you don't get to say that when you make a two-and-a-half-hour-long Star Wars. Right. You could have cut a couple of things and i do think like i do think that um because i read all the uh going into the second movie i read all the defenses of holdo like well you know she's inheriting the situation and all she knows about uh poe dameron is that leia had just fucking uh demoted him for insubordination and that she's like more of a diplomat deep thinker and he's more of an impetuous flyboy and all, all that setup and like so like why would she tell him but then like so I was wanting. I'm like, okay, well, that makes a lot of sense. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna see the movie for that lens. It still doesn't hold up hmm. because everything about her interaction with Poe was very fucking president from Battlestar Galacta, Galactic yeah. dealing with, um, you know, the whoever the uh, uh, Adama. And I'm like, mm-hmm. it's just, I, I. And the other thing is like, if she's if she's second in command of the Rebel Alliance. Or the the rebellion or the resistance, whatever the fuck they're calling it in this, which I, I'm going to get to there too. Mm-hmm. How the hell does she not know the commander of the the Republic fleet? Because that's what like he identifies himself as at the start of the movie. Okay, like like Poe Dameron is not just some kind of fucking like ace. He's not just like some kind of wing commander. He's like over. I I, I think his position is he's like overall. Huh. Uh, and then when you see the, the the sad, sorry state of the resistance at the beginning of the movie, like mm-hmm. the fact that someone that's a heartbeat away from the leader of the resistance not knowing who he is and his background and according him a little bit more respect than that. I, I mean, just the fact that she kept this plan, which was a good plan. And, and, and what what and what Poe immediately saw was a good plan when he understood it. Mm-hmm. It just, I don't know, it set up this conflict that shouldn't have had to exist. But again... 
because the thesis is failure is the most important thing and everyone has to fail, Poe had to fucking fail and fail hard. And I guess Holdo had to fail at being a, a, a good leader that respects and trusts his subordinates. Although Here's the thing. I, I Man, I feel like they had one too many characters in this movie. Yeah. And if either – like if you took some combination of Poe, Finn, and Rose and you had two of them go off and do – this failure mission, it would have been much better. I don't think we also needed Poe in there saying, "Hey, I need I need to be the hothead and I need to figure things out and fail hard." Uh-huh. Um, there there were two kind of parallel storylines there doing the same thing that I didn't need. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I don't know. It felt like Poe's story to me felt more more necessary and earned because he is the the hothead pilot who needs to be brought yeah he brought needed back to learn into touch with to learn reality lesson. yeah right whereas finn i don't feel like needed to learn any lessons yeah like from from the first one i don't i don't remember the force awakens that much i've seen it once but i, I don't recall like what was his big hang-up in the first one just being a bad guy yeah like being, having helped being indoctrinated as a star as a storm why does he need and... to fail why does failure teach him much of anything whereas right. Poe needs to fail to learn. I think, I guess... So the send thing, him off with Rose or something. To me, that Finn's arc was... He stopped being a stormtrooper in The Force Awakens. He didn't become a rebel until this movie. Okay. Because his thing was like, I am with Ray. She is my friend. Sure. Yeah. I need to make sure she's safe. Fuck this resistance. Um And that's so fine. Like, that's go a good, that's a good arc, too. It's just like, again, it's not... I don't have a problem with... His arc, I have a problem with. Like, <laughs> you need to cut Rose, and you need to have Finn and Pogo do it. Yeah, that, because that Rose would be a great idea. That honestly. would be a great idea, and or just again give Finn and Rose something better to do. Because again, that's the that's that's the one third of the movie I don't. Everything else I really really like. Like, I'm not going to say much about the Skywalker and Ray stuff because I thought it's excellent. I yeah. was actually shocked that Mark Hamill hates it so much. Yeah, I don't um, quite understand that. Because he had multiple interviews where he said, look, I talked to Ryan Johnson, I read the script, and I said, Ryan, I hate every single decision that you've made with Luke Skywalker, and this is not Luke Skywalker, but I'm a professional, and I'm going to sell this as to the best of my ability. And he fucking did. Well, good. Good on him. Yeah. You know? Because, like, I don't... I But I thought, like, the I, like, I think that... I, I, I kind of see where Mark is coming from, because Mark is steeped in the EU. Like, okay. Mark has, like, he loves the Timothy Zahn stuff. He got really geeked out about I, it. He I hate kept to up tell on you, all that Mark. Stuff. It doesn't right. exist anymore. Right, right. But Mark kind of speaks, I think, for a lot of us older fans about that were invested in all this shit and maybe weren't thrilled with the idea of, like, I get I get not wanting to hold to the continuity if it, like, you know, I don't, I don't want to do the Yezong Vong War. I want to do something different. Like, but to, to throw it all away and say it's all just, like, mysteries or legends or apocrypha, that, that mm-hmm. did sting a bit. Uh, but it's done with with, with with uh Abrams rebooted Star Trek too. So Sure. You know, you got to you got to adapt or and I'm not afraid of Star Wars becoming something different. Like I'm not I I, I want Star Wars to become something different. I did identify I was listening to one of the the Red Letter Media guys and I forget it's the one that's not it's the one that's not the regular too. There's this third guy they bring on sometimes and he said that this movie cemented the idea that Star Wars is creatively bankrupt to me because Everyone's talking about how what a fantastic and what big risks that Ryan Johnson took. But did he? Because he said, like, I sat up when it looked like for a minute that Ray was going to join forces with Kylo or Kylo was going to join forces with Ray. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's fucking interesting. Yeah. 
because I said this at the end of the the podcast did. we did right after the movie. Yeah, you did, you did. And that's why you're one of the leading podcasters of this generation, Jim. You have those insights <laughs> I know, like that. I know. Thank, well, thank you for acknowledging it, <laughs> recognizing it. You know. But he said, and and I'm like, he's like, because that would terrify Princess Leia. Mm, oh shit! Yeah. Our bright shining new pupil has has gone with my fucking psychotic son. It was scared as shit out of the uh, the Hux and the First Order. Because, oh my god, our new supreme leader just murdered an old one and is shacked up with this this Jedi. Mm-hmm. And you don't really know, like, could Rey moderate Kylo's rage and alienation and, and uh, failure to live up to impossible standards? I'm not sure what all is wrong with them. Could, could Kylo uh, disabuse her of some of her naivete and... That would be, but they didn't. They didn't. They just rebooted yeah. it, and that's the other thing that kind of breaks the universe. Is at the end of this thing, I no longer feel like this is a trilogy that's going somewhere. I feel like the one of the things that Ryan was trying to do, maybe, is make this to where it's literally like an old Hollywood serial, to where like each Star Wars from Episode Fifteen could be about Kylo Ren's got some new super weapon with Admiral Hux, and the rebel and the Resistance has found out, and they've got to destroy it. Like, it could be Indiana Jones, where Indiana Jones never built up to an arc. It was just Indiana right. Jones' random adventures. And to me, again, you can do that shit with Rogue One. You can do that shit with Han Solo. You can do that shit with Greedo mm-hmm. and the Star Wars universe and char- new characters. But when you're making another trilogy in the Skywalker saga, you fucking already agreed to get into a box to tell that story. And I felt like... Sure. You know, where The Force Awakens had signposts saying it's going this way, it's going this way, it's going this way. At the end of The Last Jedi, there are no signposts, and some people are excited by that. I'm frustrated because, to me, this is akin to Lost-type storytelling. It's akin to X-Files-type storytelling. It's it's putting this universe into a procedural place where we can just spin up a super weapon of the year, and that's going to be Star Wars until I die, and... I don't, I don't, I don't like that. Don't no, like there's that nothing special about that. No. Um, to me, like, kind of, you know, to follow on to what I said earlier about like the the bygone era of Star Wars for me. Every time they make another Star Wars from here on out, it's going to feel like they're diluting what I loved about Star Wars, which was how special these these handful of things were to me. Yeah. You know, like I there's a, a very very high bar to try and recreate that feeling in people and doing this year after year in this case 6 months after the next one yeah um i i don't think you're going to get that same magic there's just yeah. no way because there's too much of it you know yeah yeah uh, people aren't going to feel like oh well this star wars was bad that's th- that's the end of the world for me they're going to feel like this star wars is bad next year hopefully it's a good one right and that's like the there's a couple criticisms I do have with the Luke and Ray stuff. Like I think the the decision to have Luke go about his day to day routine and spear this fish with this ridiculously long pole vault device and milk in the sea walruses for their blue milk. That just I hated that. It, it's it's it doesn't get better on second rewatch. I was no. more like well. It's kind of taking the piss out of Luke Skywalker, and it's also a challenge to Ray to be like, "Hey, you can stay as long as you want. I'm gonna still milk these alien walruses." But the the I, I don't think that's going to really super age well. Um, yeah, and I I keep thinking back to like the tone of those scenes. Yeah, and, and I I compare and contrast them with like Yoda's first introduction, right? Yeah, with Luke, and I'm like, 
how is this really any different? And it's kind of not, but I'm older now. And I look at those scenes and I go, this doesn't quite feel as good. Um, When I was a kid and Yoda was doing his stupid, like, hitting R2-D2 with the stick and stuff, that was funny. And I still laugh at that stuff because the eight-year-old me loves it. uh But this stuff is a little harder for me to swallow. Well, the other thing is going back to the whole breaking the universe is that I noticed a lot of details I didn't notice on first uh, viewing, like... There's a lot of scenes taking place in this cistern that has this big mosaic in the middle of it. Um, it's where a lot of Ray's training takes place. And I noticed that there in the middle of this, this fresco um, is a Jedi-type figure that's sitting cross, like, like in a lotus position. And half of it is black and half of it is white. Okay. And then there's two yeah. there's two spears hovering over this Jedi's shoulder, and one of them is black. It's a, it's a Jedi yin-yang, sure. which suggests that... One of my original theses is that goes back to the Kyle Katarn days is that the Jedi are just as fucked up as the Sith, that like everything right. has to be in balance, that like that was the flaw of George appropriating all this Eastern mysticism is that he lost the 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 whole point is not like 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 you have to have a mix of lightness and dark, the, you know, anger, like de- life and death, uh, love and, and anger and and growth and decay. And it's all just like it's, it's all just like fucking white magic out of Magic the Gathering, you know. And I mean, it seems it seems like they acknowledge that in this movie, because like you said, that Jedi symbol is that's built into it. You know, and, and the teachings. Yoda says, like, there's a lot of good stuff in those books in there. Right, I'm going to get to that, too. Um, yeah. So, like, I don't think the original Jedi or the religion had as much problem as, like, the Jedi Order of right. the, the prequels, you right. know? And maybe that maybe and, and like these original Jedi texts, which, by the way, I don't know if you picked up the subtext that, that Rey stole those. Right, yeah. Because I didn't, I don't think I fully was aware of that in the, the first time I watched it, that they, like, when Yoda says... You know, uh, along the lines of nothing in that tree the girl does not already possess. Like he literally meant she stole all the sacred Jedi texts and she stuffed them in the Millennium Falcon. And okay. there's going to be a brief scene of her and open. He, he couched the language in right, metaphor. like in the way he does. Um, <laughs> yeah. A little bit of a problem, and this is something Kevin Smith picked up on too, with the fact that like Yoda is not canonically a clown character. He can be wry a little bit, but the whole <laughs> that was an act that he put on to test Luke Skywalker, and I don't know that Ryan Johnson realizes that. Like, I like seeing Yoda. I thought this was a good Yoda, but he veered a little bit too much of like whapping R two with the sticks, saying "mine, mine, mine," and this with his stamping his feet and laughing at his mur- own mirth, and you know, yeah, it's man, it's tough to do, tough to do an homage, right? <laughs> It is. Because I think he wants you to feel what you felt in Empire Strikes Back a little bit. And I get that. But and it worked. maybe not the time and place for it, I suppose. Right. And I just think like with a few tweaks that you could have gotten that back to true Yoda and it's just not it's just it's just not quite the the it's not it doesn't seem like quite tracks with his his whole arc. He should have tried to pull that shit. Here's with my Ray. point. All that fresco, all the stealing of like, like if J.J. Abrams could easily just have, you know, uh, Ray and Chewbacca and Finn land on a landing platform in the first five minutes of the movie, walk away from the Falcon, the Falcon explodes. And all your <laughs> okay. theories about Ray meaning learning the true balance of the force and that fresco being significant is bullshit. Because J.J. Abrams didn't want to tell Ryan Johnson's story. <laughs> so you're just, you're hypothesizing that there's a war. 
There's I'm a not saying there's a war. I'm just saying Ryan that, like, Johnson and JJ Abrams. without that lack of narrative respect for someone else's ideas, there, like, why wouldn't that happen? Because JJ's going to be like, all right, I'll be the bigger guy. I don't know. Like, I mean, if I, I don't were, think it's, I don't think it's hostile. <laughs> I just think that's that's a careless, potentially lazy and dangerous way to make a fucking. It's it's not. It's no longer a trilogy and a saga. It's a fucking anthology. I don't know why you gotta like clean slate it. Why can't you? Tell your own version of the story that someone else was beginning. Because that's, I mean, I think the deep down it's harder. <laughs> sure. It's easier agree, just to be but... ignore those concepts and, and, and do something different with them. Hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing. Like, that's. But it also feels pretty fucked up. Like, that, that's, like a you're fe- that, that's what, that's one of the big fears I have. Like, all these things where, like, Ryan Johnson, I felt is, yes, he was daring and he was visionary and he took big chances. But he also, I think if Yoda was sitting in the director's chair, would caution him about his recklessness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that ultimately, maybe he should watch Empire and Return of the Jedi a few more times to kind of get those lessons. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I, ultimately, I think the positives of this movie far outweigh the negatives for me. I I really enjoyed my time in my two and a half hours in the theater with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I it's probably the second best non-original trilogy star wars movie for me can i there's here's another thing that i felt like they deliberately show as luke's x-wing in the shallow bay mm-hmm. on whatever jedi temple planet he's living on yeah um, he can pull that thing out don't don't kid yourself why, why that's not a destruction of an x-wing no why why does he use the force to visit the rebel, the the the, the heed lay is called instead of jumping in his X wing and and actually being there in, in person, because every other beat of the movie, like no time, like like did, <laughs> did he want to do that? And he just like, well, if I have the bad guy cut the good guy down with his robes and float down, like that's just going to be a straight a New Hope ripoff, and this is different. Or like, oh, the audience is going to expect Luke Skywalker to come fly and save the day because I just showed him the fucking X-wing and he's got R two and that's going to be and, and I'm just going to subvert their expectations by having him use his force powers to be there instead. Like, yeah, I don't have a good explanation for that. I mean, his last stand against Kylo Ren, I still feel is epic and cool and awesome. It's just I don't understand why he decided to do the weird rope a dope. Well, I mean, there are a lot of questions like that. Like, why doesn't Luke use the X-wing instead of killing himself? Um, why doesn't, you know, the First Order call in more ships to kind of, you know, flank the the fleeing rebel ships? Right. Well, that's another another big problem I have, speaking of breaking the universe, is Star Wars got away with a lot of shit because we weren't familiar with it. Like when Han Solo says ancient weaponry and hokey religions, like I think that would have been a lot dumber in the context of coming off of Episode 3. Because, like, wait a second, this was a fucking galactic... Like it'd be like it'd be like if people started talking like like if if we disbanded the Secret Service mm-hmm. and or maybe the maybe even bigger than that the U.S. military if we just disbanded the U.S. military and twenty years later people are like ah what U.S. military that's a bunch of bullshit or at least like didn't believe that the military had the capabilities they did at the time yeah right? yeah like oh they could fly fuck the, I mean I, I don't maybe maybe right. but but this movie takes great pains to let you know it, it it starts exactly where the other movie ended mm-hmm. which you know again 20 years princess leia somehow lost the galaxy to a, a, fra- a, fa- a faction called the new order but it didn't seem like the new sure. order was ascendant it seemed like there was there was talk of a republic fleet 
like there was still a functional government. In this movie, the in, that begins minutes after the other one ends, mm-hmm. the resistance now is down to four space cruisers. But and they're not. But the, they're not and, really right. And, and like, they, but they won a crushing victory against the first order. They destroyed their latest planet-sized super weapon. Like, yeah. How the fuck did? In 15 minutes, Leia go from that to losing the entire galaxy and being on the run <laughs> with a tank out of gas. And, and, and all don't. of her old allies in the outer rim saying, nah, fuck you, Leia. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Gonna, just going to ride this one out. It just doesn't make any goddamn sense in the universe. Yeah, that's fair. And again, like maybe I spent my whole life thinking way too much about Star Wars. And it turns <laughs> out that I've been a fool this whole time because all the times I've invested into explaining canonical things like why stupid teddy bears could kill uh, uh, stormtroopers and why... Boba Fett didn't actually die in a star life. I've made all these internal excuses, and it turns out Star Wars is just fucking stupid. And it's it essentially the same thing. It's essentially do. big budget, Walking Dead kind of stuff, where I'm just supposed to turn my brain off and good guys, bad guys. But I don't know. I always thought there was more to that, and and maybe maybe the jokes on me. But I think that's sad. I think it's sad. Like I'm kind of broken hearted in like the stupidest way someone can be broken hearted to hear you say you're over Star Wars. That's crazy to me. You got fucking Darth Vader, a four foot Darth Vader sitting beside you. I don't have a four foot Kylo Ren sitting next to me. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I mean, I, over I've, Star Wars is is maybe overselling it, but yeah, I mean, it just doesn't have that same bunch for me that it did. Hmm. You know, I uh, you got me back with the Force Awakens, I guess. And again, part of that is because I got a kid who's a big Star Wars fan, and I enjoy that he enjoys it. And maybe, well, the Force Awakens feels a lot more like Star Wars to me than any of the stuff that's come since. Hmm. I mean, The Force Awakens, I, I I know it's basically New Hope. Right. But in so much as it's New Hope, it's a really good, uh, I don't know, it's, it's a dose of nostalgia that I really love. It's a dose of, True. like, just that kind of grander storytelling, right? Where, like, I mean, you, you say, okay, well, maybe it's just good versus evil, that kind of thing. But I I think there's some value to be had in that. And I... Like, so many of the movies I watch are, like, these very intricately plotted things where every little detail matters and yeah. every every single thing um, can be dissected and all holds up. And I don't feel like the original Star Wars ever really went for that. They yeah. were going for these grander arcs of character development, you yeah. know? Like, the reveal that Darth Vader is Luke's father is right. is what the iconic moment that Star Wars is going for. Right. Whether or not Boba Fett is, like an awesome character who all the fans are going to love and be disappointed when he goes in the Starlight Pit is not so much what they're trying to do. Hmm. I I just look at, like, the grander themes in Star Wars and say, yes, they are more generic, I guess. They're more, like, um, kind of storybook, but that's okay to me, maybe because of when I saw them. I mean, you're you're right. You can't go back. Like Star Wars for a, a big generation of fans is probably your first time that you got the rug pulled out from underneath you and the ways that Star Wars does it. And like, you can't, you yeah. know, uh, you, you you can't go back. I I just I just think it's weird that guys like you know J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson, who presumably are in that same generation as me, don't try a little hard. And I. I don't want to say he doesn't try hard, but again, like no one on the whole product, like that, the hyperspace ramming really bothers me. 
Like that, like to me, I, I can tell they were just going for the cool factor. And, and like, you know? but you can, you yeah. could with easy modifications that might even made the scene better. You could still do that thing, but sure. like, it's almost like the only way you could be like, well, the the way I want to do this because this is a singular heroic. So this is this is the big fu to Finn to to uh, Poe that like no Holdo's just as badass and hardcore as you mm-hmm. because she does with a battle cruiser what you do with a fucking X wing. I just. Holdo wasn't that great of a character and that established and that beloved for me to feel anything <laughs> no. about her sacrifice other than thank God it wasn't Leia. And oh, by the way, maybe it should have been yeah, Leia now if it was knowing Leia. how th- things with Carrie Fisher worked out. Right. Uh, it didn't bother me. Like her forcing herself back into the ship, I even liked it more the second time because like huh. I see a lot of people just fucking hate on that. And I'm like, she's the, the, she's the fucking daughter of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Okay. If if fucking Luke can instinctively use the force to ram a photon torpedo down a three meter tube, then for goddamn sure, in a moment of last ditch panic survival, she can use the force to tug her towards a, a, a starship. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't Luke, know. Luke wasn't doing anything against physics, though. Well, she isn't either. Like, what is she doing? She's 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 bringing something to her closer with the force. That's fair, but she's, she's doing it out. in the vacuum of space, which. To me, is a little harder to swallow. I don't think you've kept up on the modern conception <laughs> like of the vacuum seconds. of, of yeah. space. You, know? you can survive, and I say survive. Right. Not well. It's not like you're, you're well, out there partying and dancing. Like, that's the other thing. It's not like she came out there and then fought a legion of stormtroopers. She then collapsed and went into a medical coma sure. that she suffered the rest of the movie until she heroically got herself out of bed to stun Poe Dameron, which I also liked. I don't know. Not a fan. Okay. Well... You're just you're you've already established that you're a bad Star Wars fan. It's true. So I'm gonna automatically yeah, discount. I obviously hate Star Wars at this point. Um I don't know. Like I said, there's a lot of other kind of things. Uh I I did think I I can't believe how good Adam Driver is. Um and it drives me crazy to to hear people dismiss him as emo Darth Vader because I just think he is so fucking good and the scenes between him and, and uh Daisy Ridley uh, where they're emoting at, you, at each other, and like they're not even trying to like they don't even go for like projecting a force ghost. It's just they trust the audience to know what's going on, and the fact that that bond still seems to have survived the death of uh, Darth Fuckface, who mm-hmm. no one cares who he is now, Darth Lemay. Uh, yeah, I, I thought I that thought... kind of belies his statements of "I did all this," right? Right, and I think. Again, my fan brain wants to go crazy with that, but then my newly skeptical <laughs> critical brain's like, why bother? Why bother? A year from sure. now, you'll see whether any of this shit matters, or two, I guess two years from now, you'll see if any of this shit matters, and, and, and who cares? Yeah, those, that's a cool concept, but like, you know, it's, it, I kind of feel like this, this movie reminds me of the kid that I like to hang out with a lot. And he was really cool and edgy and fun, but every once in a while he just punched me in the gut for no reason. Uh huh. Like you eventually learn that those are not friends worth hanging around because you can find friends that, that fulfill all those other buttons, and they don't fucking punch you in the gut for no reason. Sure. So Ryan Johnson, I I am kind of curious to see what you do with the trilogy that you can kind of architect your own, but like really fucking try not to break the goddamn universe so much. Be a little less reckless. Uh, you know, if you want to just make your own fucking, like a Star Wars universe that you can do whatever, like, don't make a Star Wars film. 
Make like like why and also why is Star Wars the only space fantasy that we can that we can have apparently? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We're yeah, that's a fair criticism. Like, I mean, if you're not going to respect the rules and traditions of a particular universe, then like George Martin didn't make didn't didn't make the sequel to Lord of the Rings and just piss and shit all over like show right. what a failure Aragorn's leadership was and how he's an orc baby murdering homicide. He fucking created his own universe and did whatever the fuck he wanted to. And yeah. I, I feel like I don't know. There's a fine line between taking Star Wars fans places they might not know they want to go and, you know, not actually respecting any of the rules uh, that that have been carefully built up for 40 plus years. Uh, So, yeah. Yeah. I think I've said I think I've said my more than my piece on on Star Wars now. But I had I had to get it out. I needed to talk. I need to talk through that because I'm not as pessimistic about the next Star Wars film as I was walking out of the film. But I'm also more nervous in a more thought out reason way because i guess mm. i'm i'm afraid to be what you are now which is just check that like star wars is just a marvel superhero movie if it's good great if it's bad meh and i i don't know like that's that's star wars i think i'm just ahead of the curve on this i think that's what star wars is going to turn into they've shown the the roots of that with the frequency of how often they're releasing these movies uh, this is going to become a three times a year Marvel kind of thing. But Marvel and, and does necessarily that successfully. It. Yeah, but what's the what's the I guy? Don't know. Fe- I mean, I guess... is that the guy who runs the 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 Marvel Studios? Like, I just felt like I don't know. Maybe the uh, what's the calf? I can't remember the woman's name who's the kind of like the architect of the new Star Wars, and maybe she's just not as good as the other guy is, or maybe I need to be more patient. But like. I think it's fair to say that if Captain America was a kind of borderline fiasco and controversial among comic book fans, lots of discussions would be had the same about the Marvel Universe because Disney wants to build the Star Wars thing into something that people do come back every year. And if they make it average or confusing or polarizing, I don't see how that's going to work. Like, the reason Marvel works is because they're relentless about building the universe and keeping it consistent to the fact that they turn off like Ryan Johnson would hate working for a Marvel film because they would make him put in something where Thanos comes into the bathroom to take a piss so that five foot movies later he can show up with the infinity gauntlet mm-hmm. and like that turned off uh, 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 Joss Whedon and a whole bunch of other more auteur type filmmakers because they don't want to have those restrictions. I feel like you need those restrictions if you want to tell a saga and not just episodic Star Wars random adventures. Sure. But to me, I'm, I mean, I definitely don't speak for everybody. I know this. But for me, Marvel movies are like at saturation, like peak saturation for me, where yeah. I go see them and they are enjoyable movies, but they are not important. Um in the way that, like, a new Star Wars, I feel, should be important. And if they do the same thing with Star Wars, then I'm going to be even less interested. I guess I grant you that, Star that Wars like, movies. Marvel never felt as important to Star Wars because It might of just the be rarity. my background. You know, like, I didn't grow up with Spider-Man and, well, that's a bad example. I didn't grow up with uh, the Avengers and Captain America in the same way that I grew up with Star Wars. Yeah. They were around, but they were never, like, the main focus of my mm. um, creative attention, I guess. Right. I don't also think it's just like you're right. Like one, if you're, you're if three or four come out a year, it's less special than something that happens once a decade, much less once a year. But I also think to that me. if star, if if the, and I know there's this is a controversy because not everyone agrees, but enough agree that I think you can say it's axiomatic is that the average 
Marvel Universe cinematic universe movie is above average. Is that yeah? Like the no, average ab- movie absolutely. Is, is yeah, above yeah. average. Most of them are good. A few of them are excellent. But but and I don't Star think Wars, oh, like yeah, already here comes the next Marvel movie because no no there've right. been three of them this year and they're all above average. But they're all but I I do equally because I can good. count on them being that way and I feel like I I kind of wanted Star yeah. Wars to be that way too. Where yes, it's not going to be as special, but it'll be fun because every year I can look forward to a new chapter that I'm going to be reasonably confident will delight me. Sure. And so far, I've got the Force Awakens, which is a nostalgia fest. <laughs> Maybe too safe. Maybe. Rogue arguably. One, which was a look at the Star Wars Heart of Darkness that was polarizing, turned people off. And The Last Jedi, which also, you know... And, and the thing is, like, you can dismiss some people's opinions and say it's all subjective this. But, like, you can't say that, like, The Last Jedi... Like, if as much as you love it, people can't say it's universally praised or it's it's a surefire hit or it, it is controversial. It is polarizing. Mm-hmm. There are people, like, I don't, like... If you doubt my Star Wars fandom, I don't know what else to fucking say. <laughs> uh, but I love Star Wars. I want Star Wars to succeed, and it, it has it has me worried. And it's like, again, it's like, it's not a it's not a failure. It's not terrible. It's not fucking wrong headed like Batman versus Superman. Mm-hmm. It's just a third of it not finished baking. With hundreds of millions of dollars spent and visionary geniuses working at it, and I don't think that's acceptable. So, uh, yeah, I think I, I tried to wrap this up ten minutes ago and it went ten minutes more. Uh, I think I, I, I are, are, are we done? Are we oh, done I'm here? Done. Yeah, we're done until. And, and the thing is, five months later, yeah, right. <laughs> we get to see what how, if Ron Howard can save the solo film. Uh-huh. Uh huh. If Ron Howard and, and uh, Donald Glover, so we get to revisit again because that's the other thing. I've heard anything but bad things about that. Mm-hmm. And if Star Wars has essentially three quarters of the new stuff come out that is at least controversial, yeah, I man, I feel like they need to do a lot of thinking. You need to shelve it, shelve it, and come back with that third movie I mean, in you a gotta, decade. Yeah, you gotta <laughs> like start ripping up your release schedules. Maybe delay it a year and make. And that the thing you is, you don't want to turn into DC, right? Well, like, you can be Marvel. That's fine, but right. don't turn into DC. Because if they take like, well, this the, we got to be safe. We got to take this committee. I don't know. That's the right answer, sure. Yeah. But like, maybe get a council of like, there's you got to be able to go through Hollywood and find enough producer types and writer types that are hardcore fans of Star Wars that can be like some kind of ca- like council that like they're to keep like we're not going to let you make a jump to hyperspace be a doomsday weapon asshole uh-huh. like merging into the highway like cannot fucking destroy uh, a super weapon or something like that you know you got to have to just, actually just have release milita- the script on the internet before you ever start filming and see what people think of it <laughs> Yeah. Release the script. Let all the, let everybody read it. Let everybody get, uh, get their say in, and then revise the script, and then release it again. And then eventually, once you get the perfect script, make a movie. That's the thing. Like, does that become the perfect script? Or does that become tapioca? I imagine it becomes tapioca. Yeah, it's I'm everybody saying, wants like, something different out of the movies. And that's the great thing about being a critic. I don't have to have answers. I don't have any answers. Nope. I can just sit and shit on the things that are wrong and like the things that are yeah. good and say better luck next time, boys and girls, because <laughs> one more shitty movie and I'm out on Star Wars. Um, I'm joining Jim on the dark side. He seems like it's it's better over there. I've achieved balance with the Force. Don't, don't, I'm not Kylo Ren here. I'm the synthesis. I of, see that four foot Darth Vader with his hand on his shoulder, saying, uh, "Good, good." There, there, uh, there's. Don't sell the Luke and Solo <laughs> short over here too. They're on their tauntauns. Oh, are they? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know you had Luke over there. 
Hansa. That, I, 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 I don't know. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll, maybe they'll please. Maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised. I, I, yeah, I just guess I want to be pleasantly surprised. That's 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 what I'm looking for to new to new because I, I at, that, at this point I don't care what I hear about the new film I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be very pessimistic about it hmm. um, and I'm talking post solo because solo I think is probably going to be at best a Justice League type just a fine mm-hmm. movie it's it's an oh I, I i cannot believe it's going to be great anymore but maybe i'll be pleasantly surprised i'm more talking about the end of this trilogy i think that they if they really want to have star wars be an ongoing billion dollar concern they gotta knock it out of the park but yeah it's star wars and disney maybe i'm being a little too pessimistic uh that's it thanks for listening to our our long form uh my long form existential angst about my childhood love uh, maybe some of you guys feel the same way. Maybe some of you guys and gals think I'm being hysterical and alarmist. Um, and maybe th- some of you people think it's it's silly altogether. But thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>